You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker, your daily Broncos podcast. The Broncos 53-man roster is starting to take shape as the Broncos are expected to make some corresponding moves today, as well as the Broncos have found their backup quarterback behind Joe Flacco. Who could it be? We also analyzed the 53-man roster between the offense and the defensive side of the ball on today's Labor Day episode of Locked On Broncos. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, and I'm joined by my co-host, Cameron Parker. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Cameron Parker P.O. Cam. A busy, busy weekend for many NFL teams, and we are literally just a week away where the opening week of the NFL is brought to you by our friends over there at Mack Weldon. They're a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. They are much better than wherever you're wearing right now. So promo code locked on gets you 20% off at MacWeldon.com. Cam, how are you today, my man? I'm doing great. It's Labor Day. Uh, and if you guys are obviously uh, listening to Locked On Broncos podcast at your house, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Like Cody said, man, it's an exciting time because obviously we're that much closer to the regular season. But also, you know, some some hopes and dreams are, are again shattered. But uh, you know, that's sort of the business side of the the NFL. But we have a lot to talk about today, Cody. It was an unforgiving week, and, and you know, you mentioned the business side of the NFL. It is always unforgiving, and that's the unfortunate nature of how it goes. And uh, you know, some notable releases we'll talk about in today's episode of the show to formulate our fifty three man roster. But news of the day for the Broncos. Former Rams quarterback Brandon Allen. The Broncos saw him in preseason action week three of the NFL preseason where the Rams beat the Broncos 10-6, and he looked pretty flashy. Well, it was announced as the Broncos had claimed him on the waivers. He's going to be the backup for quarterback Joe Flacco as Drew Locke heads to short-term injured reserve. Cam, in this kind of scenario, what is the best case and what is the worst case scenario for a guy like Brandon Allen who, you know, shined a little bit in the preseason but you got to hope that he never has to step foot on the field in the regular season. I mean, this is a kind of an interesting move given the options that were out there. I, I think for uh, for the Broncos, I, I wonder if it was just the, the the case that they just wanted a guy in their room, and and maybe they'll go and and look for somebody else. Um, I, I I always sort of have kind of put in the back of my mind, you know, where are we with Drew Locke? I know that um, John Elway mentioned that he's going to be putting uh they're going to be putting lock on ir you know but it's a very curious decision to to bring in a guy like that like brandon allen who he certainly has the arm he has the 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 capability to certainly be a backup in the national football league but are they really putting so much stock say in, in that quarterback room or is this really just the case that this is joe flacco's team i think that that's probably one of the biggest things here as far as that is concerned, you know, this is, I think really is just the clear cut sign that uh, that this is Joe Flacco's team. Well, and the Broncos had announced that pretty much, you know, with the addition of Joe Flacco, I mean, this guy has come in, he's commanded the entire offense. He's got that respect as a guy who's won a Super Bowl that's beaten Denver, you know, it's beaten New England, Tom Brady, so on and so forth. With the weapons that the Broncos have around him, if they can piece it all together, they can be very scary. So I think the optimistic viewpoint is that Joe Flacco balls out, doesn't get hurt. I think if he can stay healthy, that's great. 
But in the worst case scenario, he goes down. Brandon Allen, a reason the Broncos brought him in, according to a source that I spoke to, was the fact that, you know, the Sean McVay style of offense and Rick Scandrillo's style of offense can be similar in a kind of a look where, you know, a lot of it is predicated off of, you know, you're going to see a little bit of motion. You're going to see some of that uh, inside play action fake. You're going to see a lot of things that open the field up. And for Brandon Allen, the Broncos saw that firsthand in that preseason action. But, you know, this was the type of move. I mean, Brian Hoyer was considered as an option. The Broncos... After he was released with the Patriots, there was some considered interest there, but that would have impacted what you're going to do with Drew Locke long-term because when you think about Brian Hoyer, he is a guy that has been around the NFL as everybody's backup. You don't want that if you're going to have Drew Locke coming back at any time, any point in time and soon, you know, whether or not be eight weeks or not be even next year. It doesn't make sense from a Drew Locke standpoint. So I think this is a decent move for now. We'll obviously see how it pans out. Will the Broncos bring in another quarterback? You know, there's some options out there they may take a look at as they mix and match the 53-man roster ahead of the Oakland Raiders matchup Seven days away over here on Lockdown Broncos. But another move, too, the Broncos released wide receiver, six wide receiver, and punt return option, River Craycraft. This was one of the surprising news when the initial 53-man roster came out. It looked like he had survived the cuts, and then everything changed on Sunday as the Broncos, they were awarded Deontay Spencer on the claim from the waiver wire, and he's going to be that six wide receiver and that punt return. So let me ask you this question, Ken, because Deontay Spencer – He's a former XFL guy, CFL guy. He does not have a lot of NFL experience. So how much of a gamble was this type of move considering that Spencer's kind of experience in the NFL regular season is limited or vastly zero? I think really it's from the standpoint of just speed. I mean, really, I I think that it also shows you the emphasis that the Broncos really did want on their return game. You know, we, we said so often in, in in the week uh, previous that they really did need something, the, the, this juice out of that return game. And so if they can get a guy that averages around uh, by looking at his college, uh, or sorry, college, by looking at his CFL stats, he averaged, not, uh, what was it, uh, 10, 11 yards per uh, punt uh, return average. I mean, that's really good, actually. I mean, as far as just a strict average, that's not bad. And then you couple that potentially with maybe some, maybe dabbled here and there with some packages because of his speed. That's kind of a very interesting project to really keep on your roster right now. Now, the one thing to really keep in mind, obviously, with Spencer is he is 27 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, so that is a little bit of a, 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 a skeptical thing, obviously. But when you're 27 years old and you still have that speed, I, I will gladly take speed on my roster. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out, given the fact that the Broncos have some options. I really do believe that, you know, a guy like Kalfani Muhammad, if he was on the 53-man roster, I think he could have been a good returner for the Broncos. You know, I, I don't know why we didn't see it pan out more. I don't think we saw that as an option much outside of one kick return in the preseason. I would have liked to see that a little bit more. But one of the news and one of the moves that I was really excited for is the Broncos Corey Nelson's expected to come into Broncos facility today and sign, given that he can pass a physical. Now, when we take a look at the Broncos inside linebackers, we talk about depth. We talk about the need for having one of those wideouts. And this is the type of guy you have to have 
in my opinion, based on his level of versatility, being able to cover, he was one of the Broncos' best coverage guys back in 2015, 2016. I really valued how he played, even in 2017, special teams type player, what he can bring to the table for the Broncos, I think can be good in that inside backing room with Todd Davis, Josie Jewell, uh, Joe Jones, uh, Alexander Johnson, and now they even brought back Keyshawn Bieria. But how much of a scheme fit is he for a Fangio defense and special teams? And, and could he start? Could he push out one of these guys to possibly start? You know, I think that that's really the that, that that's kind of really that 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 tricky thing, especially with with Corey Nelson. But I, I think the one thing that you really do have to certainly take into account is really Nelson appreciated his time in Denver. You know, we 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 sort of weren't sure as far as after the end of the 2015 season or even say 2016 season. You know, were these relationships severed in in any potential way? No, Nelson really loved his, this this move, and I think that one of the things for Nelson in particular, he was a very strong special teams standout with the Broncos. So that special teams could potentially be fixed. There's obviously still familiarity there, and I think there's still that very strong sense that maybe we may get some some talent out of Corey Nelson again because he's back with a really solid defensive coordinator, and so that potential is going to continue to rise. Coaching helps out a lot, and the Broncos have a pretty good coaching staff on that defensive group, and I think he's going to fit in well. And, and like you mentioned on special teams, I think he's going to be a good fit for them because they've been lacking that in the preseason. Corey Nelson is the type of guy that can even fill that void that is left by Joe Jones on that special team side of the ball. I like the move, and it's going to be nice to have Corey back in town. If he does pass his physical, the signing will be official whenever that happens. With that said, we are just seven days away from the Broncos and Raiders kickoff on Monday Night Football, which means that the NFL regular season kicking off this week, Crossover Wednesday is officially back. And this Wednesday, we'll be doing a crossover show with your boy Q, host of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. And for the entire NFL regular season, you will get a special episode every single Wednesday as hosts from the opposing sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. You can find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast, and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment, Crossover over Wednesday, and we want to thank our sponsor of today's episode of the show, our friends over there at DraftKings, because it's time to celebrate. Football is finally back, and DraftKings is the leader in one-day fantasy football. They have a huge week one contest for you. The first one starts this Thursday night when the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers kick off the season in a single-game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. All you got to do is draft your single-game showdown lineup and fill the sweat like never before. It's simple. You just draft six players from the season opener. You stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code LOCKEDON will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. So get in on the season opener action. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code LOCKEDON. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. And new users, you don't want to miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code LOCKEDON to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit today. That's code LOCKEDON, one word, only at DraftKings. You make it rain. A minimum of $5 deposit is required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For more details.
All right, Cam, the 53-man roster. Right now for the Broncos, it's semi-finalized. And, you know, there could be some willing and dealing. There could be some more moves that happen this week. But I felt as if it would be super important to go through the 53-man roster from the offensive standpoint here and then a little bit later get into it from a defensive standpoint. So, obviously, let's start off with the offensive side of the ball because it's usually one of the biggest ones with question marks, and we usually have our concerns on the O-line. But here's the deal. Let's start off with quarterback. We talked about Joe Flacco. We talked about Brandon Allen. We, we know the storylines with there. Can Joe Flacco lead the Broncos? And can Brandon Allen, if, the, if Joe Flacco were to go down, could he come in and at least manage the situation by utilizing the run game and being able to carry out some of the play action fakes and set everything up? The Broncos clearly weren't blown away by Kevin Hogan or Brett Rippon, even though they brought back Brett Rippon on the practice squad. Brandon Allen is somebody that stood out to them. And I think a lot of people in Broncos country were thinking at one point in the preseason, how come the Broncos don't have a guy like Brandon Allen? Well, now they do. But the biggest thing, you got to have a guy, obviously, if you have your receiver, you have the got to throw you the ball. Let's take a look at the receiver position. We know Emmanuel Sanders coming back from injury. He's 100%. He's ready to go for week one. Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, Juwan Winfrey made the roster, and Deontay Spencer. What are some of the biggest storylines here? A couple of quick fire uh, thoughts from you here, Cam, regarding the wide receiver position and some of the storylines where it pertains to can Emmanuel Sanders sustain or is he going to be on a pitch count or can he handle the full-on go of a game? And obviously, how do you deal with soreness afterwards? I think uh, one of the biggest storylines for me, and it's probably one of the biggest storylines probably of the entire 2018 rookie class, is can Cortland Sutton take that next step? If Cortland Sutton can take that next step and at least we, we have the potential to see 75 or 65% more growth than what we saw in year two, we will get a, a very good year from Sutton. I, 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 I would imagine that we're probably going to expect, you know, maybe close, if not right at that 1,000 yard receiving mark. Because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, even with all the deep ball production and, and everything with Case Keenum, he was 300 yards away from 1,000 yards last season. So, I mean, he was really close. And then we all know his big-bodied frame, uh, you know, that he could potentially be the red zone threat along with Noah Fant in the red zone. So I think that if you really factor in everything that Scandrell certainly presents – I really imagine that Sutton is going to really skyrocket. And you want to talk about a bold claim. I really think that Cortland Sutton has an opportunity, maybe this season, to crack the top 10 wide receiving list. Oh, you guys, you're dropping hot takes a week before the game. All right, I see what you're doing there. I I, I definitely think that's a big storyline, seeing Cortland Sutton be able to continue to evolve in his route running, the short to intermediates, the hitches, the posts, the dig routes, coming across the middle of the field because anytime he touches the ball, he becomes a yard after the catcher or receiving yards after the catch type of player because he is big, he's physical, he's agile, he's hard to bring down. There were a couple instances last season we saw that from him, but also another player I want to take a look at too, Juwan Winfrey. I, I, if we're dropping and hot takes. I think Jawan Winfrey, in my opinion, I think he'll work his way up to the number three wide receiver position at some point, probably midway through the season. I think he definitely has that much talent, that much potential that he can overtake a couple of guys in terms of reps. That doesn't mean anything against Deshaun Hamilton or Tim Patrick. I just believe that Jawan Winfrey is a special, special talent. And we've talked yeah. about it, you know, the type of ceiling that he has. We think that he can take that next step and he can evolve a lot quicker. And if that's the case, the Broncos, I think they'd be sitting pretty at wide receiver. I know a lot of people want them to look at it next year in the NFL draft. I think it's 
way too early to even talk about that. So definitely with some of those guys, look for Jawan Winfrey to be a standout this year for the Broncos. You heard it here first on Lockdown Broncos. It's happening. But let's take a look at running back. Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, the two guys, 1A, 1B. You got the flashy, dashy type guy in Philip Lindsay. You got the powerhouse of Royce Freeman. And then now you got to sprinkle in Devontae Booker, who the Broncos were looking at possibly trading. They were trying to find a trade partner. The Texans were the most ideal spot for him. That thing fell through, obviously, when they received Carlos Hyde from the Kansas City Chiefs. The, things change in the NFL. And so the expectation was that they were going to trade him. And unfortunately, he's still back. And I wouldn't say unfortunately. That's that's a wrong thing to say. And if he hears that, I apologize for that. I'm talking about in terms of the 53-man roster. We know Theo Riddick's going to short-term IR uh, more than likely for the next six to eight weeks. But the thing I want to take a look at with this running back unit, can they get things going? Because what we saw in the preseason outside of a Royce Freeman run, we saw the Broncos run unit really struggle to get things going, even when the starters were in. That's a big a bit of a concern for me. Yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that we certainly will have to be a little bit weary of is also understanding that it is preseason and something weird certainly can happen in preseason. I mean, you know, the offensive line can be in shambles, but then the regular season rolls around and everything gets ratcheted up. The talent level gets ratcheted up and they have a top, I don't know, 12, 15 offensive line or the offense in general is the top 15 offense. It, it, the preseason's weird like that. I mean, if you really look back and, and especially with the preseason, Mahomes was throwing interceptions all over practice and in the preseason and then ends up having an MVP campaign. I, I think that in, in particular with the running game, those are the types of things that we need to start looking at is that can guys like Royce Freeman become, say, the true bell cow, but yet Philip Lindsay get all these touches in the passing game and maybe even be sprinkled a little bit more, obviously, in the running game as well. So how can they balance that out? And then you factor in, factor in this, this guy like a theoretic in the passing game, a guy that, if we're being honest, have we really had – a electric running back finally in this offense, like a theoretic, I cannot really imagine really that type of guy. So if you really look at it, that's the type of guy that could really help out an offense and really make that offense from good to great rather quickly. But the first things first is he has to get healthy. Health is wealth. You can't make the club from the tub. And uh, we transition over to fullback, which Andy Janovich, you know, more than likely he is going to be on the inactive list. Probably not the injured reserve designated to return as they expect him back sooner rather than later at about eight weeks. And he's a valuable asset. But in the meantime, who's going to be taking over him is Andrew Beck. The Broncos had claimed him off of waivers. Tight, was listed as a tight end for the New England Patriots. He's going to be that fullback. The expectation is he's going to be the starting guy for there. So that leaves the tight end position with four guys, including him, Jeff Hireman, Noel Fant, Troy Fumagalli. And I think it's real evident. Troy Fumagalli earned himself a roster spot. What do you see him doing uh, and how he fits in with Jeff Hireman, Noel Fant? And can he possibly overtake one of those guys by season's end? Uh, I think Fumagalli is such an interesting guy. I, I think that just in general, the tight end position is very, very fascinating because I, I think really, if we're, if we're looking at it, they have so much talent in that position. And especially with guys like Jeff Hireman, who is healthy now, and he's been one of the most underrated and probably the most, one of the most underrated talent guys on that roster because I think people have a tendency to forget how good he was. He can clearly show his strength. He can clearly show his yard after catch ability. And then you factor in Fant as well. But in particular, Troy, Troy Fumagalle, 
Fumagalli is a guy that, despite having an extra finger, has really showed that he can be a capable, reliable tight end in the passing game and then as well as in the blocking game. When That's usually come to expect from Wisconsin. You know, we, we always wanted to gripe on Noel Fan and his pass blocking or his run blocking. When you play for the University of Iowa and when you play for the University of Wisconsin, you absolutely, it, it, we say sometimes with tackling, it's a non-negotiable trait. Run blocking is a non-negotiable trait when you're when you're playing for the University of Iowa and in particular Wisconsin. You have to have that. And speaking of blocking the offensive line, a lot of question marks. Uh, you know, obviously heading into the season with Connor McGovern, we've seen some of the struggles there. Ron Leary and his health. You go in it with Garrett Bowles, Dalton Reisner, McGovern, Leary, Jawan James. Big expectations for this Broncos O-line under Mike Munchak, but then behind them, the Broncos went with eight guys rather than seven. Elijah Wilkinson, who could play swing guard tackle. Schlottman could play swing guard center. And Corey Levin obviously claimed off the waivers from the Tennessee Titans by the Broncos as a backup center to Connor McGovern. We take a look at these guys. I, I think the biggest storyline, Cam, with the offensive line is the fact that they have to find a way to put in consistent performance week in and week out. It's going to be tough against week one against the Oakland Raiders, and then you have to follow it up with the Chicago Bears, Khalil Mack. We're going to see this Broncos offensive line tested in the first two weeks of the regular season. For me, how are they going to respond? That's going to be the biggest question mark for the offensive line in our 53-man roster analysis. And now we approach the defensive side of the ball coming up in just a moment. But I got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's show of Lockdown Broncos. And that's our good friends over there at Blue Chew. You can increase your offensive performance in the bedroom and get the extra confidence today by going to bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. They bring you the first chewable tablet with the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, and even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises whether it's at halftime of the Broncos Raiders game or whether it's, you know, on the weekend here on Labor Day. I mean, it could be any of those moments. Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no more in-person doctor's visit, no more waiting in the pharmacy, and no more awkwardness. That's the best part of it all. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly to you, that makes it much cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, for listeners of the Lockdown Broncos podcast, we have a very special deal for you. Go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code locked on. All you do is pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B L U E CHU.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. They're the better, cheaper, and faster choice. We want to thank them for sponsoring today's episode of Locked On Broncos. Okay, getting into the defensive side of the ball, Cameron, I felt like there were some guys that ended up staying on the roster or a certain number of players at a specific position group. There were some surprises to me, and I want to start off with the cornerback position. We know Chris Harris Jr. is Q, uh, CB1, Bryce Callahan, cornerback number two. People are so worried about his foot, and I, and I want to tell Broncos fans, right now there is no concern with Bryce Callahan's foot. Now, everyone's making that assumption based off of what Vic Fangio had said during uh, you know the, the whole preseason that, you know, hey, he could have played. We just held him out. We're going to be cautious with him. Is because when you get your foot surgically repaired, and you risk getting it stepped on like he did at the Broncos scrimmage at you know Broncos Stadium at Mile High. 
that can set things back. It's different for a guy that's had it repaired compared to a guy that has never had his foot operated on. So the Broncos didn't want to put him out in any kind of situation in practice where he might have gotten stepped on. He is fine. He's 110% ready to go. He's going to be ready for that week one matchup. There's no reason to be concerned about Bryce Callahan. Now on to Isaac Adam, Devontae Bosby. But the Broncos had acquired on Friday Duke Dawson of the Patriots, former second-round pick there. Complete surprise move, which ultimately, in my opinion, led to the release of Lyndon Stevens, a guy who I thought was really had a good chance to make the roster, but the Broncos wanted to go with the former second-round pick and obviously the addition of Devontae Harris from the Cincinnati Bengals. Cam, looking at this position group, I mean, outside of the four cornerbacks, I just don't see how Duke Dawson or Devontae Harris are going to contribute. The one area we, we say so often as far as versatility, now granted, you know, a guy like an Orson Charles didn't make the roster, but Troy Fumagalli could end up being uh, that that fullback tight end. We say so much as far as versatility. A guy like a Duke Dawson is like that exact same form because he's a guy that can be a cornerback and he can be a safety. Uh, and obviously we all say so much too that potential is probably one of the greatest reasons why the Broncos went out and made this trade. They really liked him coming out of the draft in 2018. So they probably had him very high on the board. We don't know if they were going to draft him, but they clearly like his potential. They clearly like his ability to play safety. So if he can contribute and really, say, have a nice reclamation project from Vic Fangio, as we like to say with him, then Dawson could be, when all is said and done, a much younger version, if it all clicks, Kareem Jackson. Because Ooh. because if it clicks, because of the fact that we're looking at a guy that can be a cornerback and be a safety, those are diamond and the rough players. Those are guys that Vic Fangio likes, and we saw that when they decided to bring back Elijah Holder to the practice squad, which was another move that they had made because of his transition. He came in as a corner, was able to play safety, so it could be the same scenario with Duke Dawson. Speaking of safety, the Broncos kept four safeties. To me, I thought they would keep five, and I thought they'd keep maybe five cornerbacks overall on the Broncos side of things for cornerback, but Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Will Parks, and the surprise well, not necessarily a surprise. You've been watching the preseason. He did have a rough game, I believe, against the Seattle Seahawks. But Trey Marshall, Trey Marshall, a guy that they've been very fond of. And Cam, you and I have been talking about him for the last year, dating all the way back to last season in, in the preseason. And in the regular season, we were talking about Trey Marshall and how the coaches were really impressed with him. That remains to be seen as well. And, you know, one of the things that was surprising about this is they released Jamal Carter. They released a variety of other guys, DeMonte Thomas, Shamarco Thomas, and uh, you know these are guys that contributed last year for the Broncos. At the safety position, it, it's almost apparent that Kareem Jackson is a full-time strong safety. I mean, that's the way that the Broncos have mo- maneuvered it, and I'm certainly not opposed to that, but you also have to factor in how can guys like Will Parks, Trey Marshall contribute if Kareem Jackson is going to be the strong safety, Justin Simmons is going to be the free safety. I think one of the things that that really kind of made this this really ordeal was you and I both were really high on both of the guys, Jamal Carter and Trey Marshall. But Cody, what's always been the thing that you and I have always attributed with Trey Marshall and Jamal Carter? It's kind of like they're the exact same guy. And maybe it it really at the end of the day was ceiling versus what the, the actual transition was to linebacker for Carter. And maybe that's what did Carter in, unfortunately, was the transition to linebacker. But I think the one area that we can all see is that there is some true versatility with Trey Marshall. And I think that he's clearly a guy that can be maybe another Deion Buchanan that we had seen in Jamal Carter. 
a guy that can be such that Swiss Army knife of that defense. So he's clearly talented enough. And obviously another move too was Sua Cravens. Sua Cravens didn't end up making it as well. There was some some buzz that he he did have a decent preseason, but you know it, Fangio probably coming out and saying that he's got to make this team as a safety probably put him a little bit in the as far as a, a back burner. And so unfortunately, it was just uh, it just probably the time had come to move on and. And kind of cut their losses a little bit, but a little bit that was certainly a surprise in, in some regard. But I would I would probably say at the end of the day, there's probably more surprises on the defensive side of the ball than on the offensive side. When we look at inside back, which was a position of concern, you have Todd Davis, Josie Jewell, now Corey Nelson, Joe Jones, who's also coming back from that injury six to eight week time frame from a partially torn tricep. And Alexander Johnson made the team. They brought back Keyshawn Bieria. These kind of moves right here, I, I feel like Corey Nelson, in my opinion, where he's at in his career, we talked about a little bit earlier. I feel like he can push maybe a Todd Davis or Josie Jewell to start, especially if Todd Davis isn't up to par. I mean, we got to think about how much is it going to impact Todd Davis week one and maybe through the first few weeks of the NFL regular season because he hasn't been able to practice, because he hadn't been able to do the joint practices and training camp, play in a couple of the preseason games, get on-field snaps. How much of a concern is this, in your opinion, for the Broncos? I, I think that, uh, especially with linebacker, they have to find – who is the guy that can contribute when Davis is out? I mean, we, it's kind of like Locke in some ways, except for we don't know the, the true timetable of, of Todd Davis. If we can understand, we know that he's going to be ready for week one, but how capable can he be come game action? Can we look at a guy like an Alexander Johnson to be that, that true guy? We know that he's had a very, very strong preseason. And they did bring, uh, if I remember right, I, they brought Josh Watson back. I know that they, they had cut him initially, but so I don't know the, the linebacker position is probably still that one position that, that one kind of weak link of that entire defense where you just kind of look, well, where are we with depth? And outside linebacker, no questions there. I mean, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Malik Reed, the, uh, the dream killer impressed everybody in preseason. Justin Hollins, these are guys that are valuable backups. You can see Justin Hollins at inside backer a lot in the nickel package. You may not even have to see him in the nickel package anymore, especially if you have bringing a guy like Corey Nelson. It's going to be interesting to see how the coaching staff pl- uh, splits up personnel and puts these guys in different positions. We'll take a look at the defensive line. Derek Wolf, Adam Gotsis, your starting defensive end. Shelby Harris, your starting nose tackle. The Broncos kept Demarcus Walker, no surprise. The t- type of preseason training camp he had was enough in the Broncos coach's eyes to say, look, this guy's earned a spot. He's played with high motor, third-round draft pick, and Draymond Jones. And they kept Mike Purcell as a backup to Shelby Harris. So that Broncos defensive line, it's beefy, and it's very aggressive. What is your key storyline you're trying to look at in the first couple of weeks of the NFL regular season with these guys? We always say sometimes, especially with the defense, can they find that Malik Jackson type player? Because there's always that one player on the defensive line that can really separate you, separate that particular position group and take it to a whole other level. So guys like a Demarcus Walker or maybe even a Draymond Jones are guys that could be really key contributors on third down. If they can be rotated like that and create consistent pass rush, consistent you know pressure on the quarterback, like we had certainly seen in the past with, with great defenses, that defense is going to be absolutely a, a true dog as far as that entire defense because we all know if you can generate pressure from that interior as well as on the exterior, 
that and then the linebackers are going to be better. The secondary is going to be better. So if they can certainly create pressure and certainly if I'm looking at one guy, if I'm looking at one guy, I would probably factor in Draymond Jones. If I had to look at the difference between the defense, and the offense, I say the defense on paper, notably probably the strength of the team this season, the offense, they've just got to do enough. They got to produce. They've got to manage the game. They can't turn the ball over. They got to convert on third down, put the team in good positions, special teams. The punters got to put the Broncos defense in good field position. I feel like the Broncos defense though is on paper scary in my opinion right now, because of the fact that they can generate pressure from the interior, from the exterior, and they have cover guys, which for NFL offenses, it gives you a headache if you're game planning for them. So me, I'm excited to see what this Broncos team can do. We're literally seven days away. Broncos at the Raiders Monday Night Football doubleheader. You can expect a full-on post-game report. I have the unfortunate nature of having to watch the game on DVR a little bit later. I won't be able to live tweet it, so you can follow Cameron at Cameron Parker PO during the game for live tweeting action because I have to coach a freaking game. I'm not very excited about it. I might just say, hey, I might sign my assistant head coach, say, hey, look, you take over play calling duties for the night. I got to watch the Broncos game. I got to break things down because it's going to be important. So it is going to be a late night, but you will have a lockdown Broncos postgame report for your commute September 10th on Tuesday following the Broncos Raiders game. Obviously, like I said, this week, crossover show with your boy Q of Locked On Raiders. But Cam, it's been a fun episode. The Broncos 53-man roster is set for now. Some moves expected to be made throughout the week, so you're going to see some guys possibly go. You're going to see guys assigned different places. It's just a crazy time in the NFL, but we are here. It is game week. Packers, Bears, Thursday night football. I'm excited. Football's back. And with that said, you guys can catch us tomorrow for a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos.